Hey everyone, I'm Brayden. I'm a part of the lead team here at The Ascent, and I'm so glad that you are with us as we are developing this community as everything has transitioned online. I'm not sure about you, but ever since the beginning of the pandemic, I've had a difficult time engaging in worship now that everything's online. It's hard to disconnect from our day-to-day -day lives when we're at home, when it's shared with our workspace, where we do our homework, where we do our chores, and it's also supposed to be where we rest. And then we're supposed to disconnect from all of that in order to focus on God. And it's not an easy thing. But also it's not the first time in history that we haven't had a separate place where we can gather and worship together. The Israelites in Babylon didn't have a temple. The first church in Acts did not have an actual church building. And there's even people around the world today that are believers who can't openly worship and have to do so in secret. And it's arguably that those are the times that the church has thrived the most. There's this idea of a thin space, a space that's not actually a space, but it's actually in time that is set apart and sacred that we can feel closer to God. The Israelites actually had to go to the temple and to be close to the presence of God when he dwelt there. But since Jesus died and the curtain was torn, we have access to that space anywhere. And God designed worship as a way for us to tune into that thin space. I'm going to encourage you to try a couple things as we enter this time of worship to help tune into that space. So I encourage you all just to take a deep breath in and close your eyes. Breathe out all the worries you have right now. Anything that's weighing on you, you can leave that aside for a minute. And just breathe in the presence of the Spirit that's around us right now. As we sing the words of this song, I encourage you just to absorb the words, not just to sing along to them. If you don't know the words, that's okay. You can just let them wash over you. The presence of God is all around us now, and let's do our best to tune in to what he has to say to us. Thank you. 
Hey everyone, and welcome to the third week of our series, Roaring Twenties. In this series, we're focusing on the specific season of our lives, that is our 20s and early 30s, and looking at scripture as a way to guide us in how we make decisions and how we develop these mindsets that are going to determine how we live beyond our 20s. So if you missed the first few weeks, you can find uh, the videos on our YouTube channel or go to riverwood.cc slash The Ascent, and we have just a ton of resources on there for you guys. But this week, we are diving into the much anticipated topic of romantic relationships. And this topic is so important because not only is it something that consumes a good portion of our lives, who we decide to get married to and spend our life with is gonna be one of the most important decisions that we ever make. But a lot of the time, getting to a place where we get to make those decisions, if I can be honest, it's hella awkward. And you know exactly what I mean. If you're single, dating, engaged, or married, you've had these awkward dating experiences. And I'm still scarred by one that I had in my early 20s. So in my early 20s, uh, I went to this Christmas party one year and I came right from work. And so I had brought my dress on a hanger and got changed when I got there. So I go to this party, it's good. There's lots of people there. I catch up with some people I hadn't seen in a while. And then I get ready to leave. And so I grab all my things, I grab my bag, I grab my hanger and I'm heading out the door and someone calls my name. And so I look behind me and someone that I used to know a while ago was calling after me. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. We talked for like a second, what could he want? And he comes and he says, Brittany, I was just wondering if you'd like to go on a date sometime. And I just freeze. I freeze and I am thinking of all of the possible excuses that I could make. What could I say to say no without hurting his feelings and actually saying no? And so I'm standing there and it was probably only like two seconds, but it felt like eternity in my head. And I'm just thinking, okay, I could say, I just got out of a bad relationship and, um, and I, I'm not looking for anything right now. Not really true. Um, okay, I could say that um, God doesn't want me to date right now. Okay, not really true either. Uh, I could say I'm already dating someone. Definitely not true. And as I'm trying to think of all the excuses that I could tell him in my head, I didn't realize that I was holding the hanger so tightly that I snapped it in half. <laughs> I must have been holding it so tightly because I can't even snap this hanger in half. But I was so tense, there was so much pressure that all of a sudden the snap of the hanger broke the silence. And now not only am I feeling awkward because I don't know what to say to this guy, but I'm feeling awkward because I just broke my hanger. And so I quickly just mumble something like, you know, I'm not interested, but thank you so much for asking me. Like, I really appreciate it, but just like the answer is no. And quickly like bolted out of there before I could even see his face's response. But what often happens is we're trying to figure out these relationships is that we experience so much pressure or we put so much pressure on it that we end up just snapping it. And that snapping is more than just an awkward encounter. That snapping can be ending up in a bad relationship. That pressure can end up snapping the relationship and we experience a terrible breakup. It can be compromising who we are. It can be getting married prematurely. The snapping can be rushing into sexual or emotional intimacy way too soon. And we can put so much pressure on relationships that things end up snapping by just getting so caught up in thinking all about the ways that relationships can go wrong or scared of how much work they're gonna take, or just feeling crushed by the pressure of commitment. And it can make us feel so overwhelmed. And when I feel overwhelmed by pressure, 
I tend to make really bad decisions. And even when I'm making good decisions, I feel so stressed about them and potentially being the wrong decision and hurting myself or another person. And I don't have to tell you how complicated relationships can be. Yet relationships are so important in this season of our lives. And I want to remind you that God cares about your relationship. The romantic relationship between a man and a woman is an incredibly beautiful gift from God that we first see in Genesis when God brings a man and a woman together. And although dating isn't actually mentioned in the Bible, I believe that God has so much to say about our future relationship and how to relieve some of that pressure that we feel in them now. Because a lot of that pressure, it comes from losing the important fundamentals of relationships. You see, if I'm really honest, I am proud of our generation for a lot of things. I'm proud of the way that our generation stands up for injustices, how we persevere through constantly changing times, how we've worked to put an emphasis on loving everybody. But I can't say that I'm overly proud of our generation for the way that we handle relationships. I can't say that I'm proud of myself for the way that I've always handled relationships. Because I think that when it comes to relationships, we've lost a really important thing, and that thing is honor. So we're gonna read this passage in Proverbs, and this is a book of wisdom in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and it is a clear example of what this looks like. Proverbs 30, 12 to 14, it says, there is a generation rising that considers themselves to be pure in their own eyes, yet they are morally filthy, unwashed, and unclean. There is a generation rising that is so filled with pride, they think they are superior and look down on others. There is a generation rising that uses their words like swords to cut and slash those who are different. Now I get that this doesn't say anything specific about relationships, but stick with me for a minute because I want to point out something about our generation losing honor. You see, honor is worth. It shows how much we believe something is worth because we honor what we find valuable, what we find worth our time, what we find worth our energy, what we find adds value to our lives. Yet I think we've lost it because we've placed value on the wrong things. The scripture, it tells us about being morally filthy, placing value on our own desires and not honoring God's commands and forgetting the dreams that he has for our relationships because in all honesty, we'd rather just do what we want. It talks about being prideful, placing all the value on ourselves and looking down on others, not able to honor other people. And when we don't honor God and when we don't honor others, we aren't truly honoring ourselves. So the message today is super simple, but it's one of those like easier said than done type things. It's simple in theory, but incredibly difficult in practice, but something that is gonna set us up to have those God-dreamed relationships. And the one point is this, in all decisions that you make when it comes to relationships, ask yourself just three questions. Is it honoring God? Is it honoring myself? And is it honoring the other person? When you're feeling the pressure of starting to date or going through a breakup or making decisions while dating or married, ask yourself before you do anything, is it honoring of God? Is it honoring myself? And is it honoring the other person? These questions themselves can relieve a lot of pressure that we feel in relationships as we recognize that we're gonna make mistakes. But if we can ask these questions and the answer is yes, my decision honors God, it honors myself, it honors the other person, then even if things don't work out, we know that we did all we could to be honorable in those situations. But let's get just super practical for a minute with what this actually looks like in our lives. 
How do you honor other people when you're single or dating, let's say? I love how simply Brene Brown describes it. She says, clear is kind. Are you being clear in every step of the relationship? Let's look at the first date. Actually, let's start before the first date. When you're asking someone out, how do you honor the other person? Well, you honor them by being clear. I don't know if guys do this, but I've lost track of the amount of times I've hung out with my girlfriends trying to decipher if something was a date or not. It's like, okay, so you've been talking for a while, like every day, that's a good sign. Um, then he asked you if you wanted to hang out. Okay, like kind of room for difference interpretation there. Um, what were his exact words that he said? So you went for coffee, did he pay? Because you know if he paid, then it's definitely a date. And we go on and on trying to decipher it. Guys, girls, save us all some time and be clear. Call it what it is. And on the other end, if you like hanging out with a person but don't wanna date them, honor both yourself and the other person and say it as it is. I know it's awkward, but saying you just don't have feelings for a person is better than saying, you know, I'm just not in a place to be in a relationship right now, or I prayed about it and God said no. Forget all that jargon, call it what it is. In every stage of your relationship, be clear, communicate, don't manipulate, don't ghost, don't make excuses or date a bunch of people at once. Clear is kind, clear is honoring. And how do you honor yourself? Well, don't drastically change who you are unless that change is God honoring, but don't drastically change up your life in just a few months, like you start dating someone and two months later, your whole life is different. If you're serving at church, continue to serve at church. If you hang out with your friends every Tuesday night to play video games, keep hanging out with them. If you have a small group or a Bible study you're a part of, don't feel like you have to all of a sudden bring the other person. Stay in community and for the first few months, as you're figuring out what is this relationship gonna become, stick with your regular routine and don't change everything for the other person. This is honoring to yourself because it keeps you in community and it keeps you with accountability all around you. And if it doesn't work out with that person, you didn't just change up your entire life and then feel like you just lost everything because of it. Even if you're in a long-term relationship, stay in community and have people around you that can keep you accountable. And now the most important, how do you honor God? Honoring yourself and honoring the other person are incredibly honoring to God already but it wouldn't be a relationship message if we didn't touch on sex. So let's just look at scripture for a second. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20. It says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore, Honor God with your bodies. You see, when God freed us from sin, he saw our worth and he paid the price. So do we see the worth in that price that Jesus paid and are we willing to honor it? Are we willing to honor ourselves and the other person and God by honoring our bodies? You know, as young adults, we mess up in this area a lot, like a lot. And I'm not just talking about sexual intimacy with a partner, but I'd include in there porn and masturbation, anything that is seeking sexual pleasure outside of the marriage relationship. And the beautiful thing about God is that he did pay the price and he'll pay it again every single time that we mess up. But no matter how much we mess up, we should continually be going back to the question, are we honoring God in my singleness, 
in my dating or marriage relationship. Because when it comes to sexual intimacy outside of marriage, even if we've already made the decision to wait to have sex for when we're married, we often ask the wrong question. We ask the question, how far can I go sexually while not having sex? Or how far can I go while still being honoring? But the question we should be asking is, how far can I go in honoring God in this relationship? How far can I go in honoring my body and the other person's body and God's dream for our relationship? See, relationships are dreamt up by God. They are created by Him and a gift from Him. But He doesn't want us to be that generation that is pure in our own eyes but morally filthy in His. He doesn't want us to be that prideful, only thinking of ourselves above everyone else kind of generation. He's calling us to be a generation that is honoring in our relationships. So this week, whatever stage you're in, I challenge you to ask yourself, are you honoring God? Are you honoring the other person? And are you honoring yourself? Learning about honor and the practical side of relationships doesn't have to end here. You can go to riverwood.cc cruise and just find a bunch of resources and reflection questions to continue to study and grow in this area. It's hard, I get it but God wants to create something so beautiful out of your relationships. And I believe that he is cheering you on every step of the way.